Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Podcast's Falcons vs. Panthers Week 10 Game Preview. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, joined once again by Desmond Johnson. He is at Des underscore 3505 on Twitter, host of the Believe in Panthers podcast and some other stuff, which I'll probably butcher if I try to say it from memory. So Desmond, let the people know where, where they can also find all of your stuff. Uh, what's what's up, Kev? Like I just saw you. Um, we uh, I host the uh, the rundown with Desmond Johnson every Saturday morning uh, here in the Triad, North Carolina, the Greensboro, Winston Salem, High Point uh, Market, 10 a.m. to 12 noon live. Um, it's a panel uh, roundtable type discussion uh, show with guests. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the co-host of Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast with uh, Sports Illustrated Skylar Callahan, who's the beat writer for the Panthers and. Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. Um, the three of us are the Believe in Panthers crew, and we have been going through it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's and that's that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is because I remember it was two weeks ago, which is really – it's really been like 10 days or something because, yeah. you know uh, – but, like, you came on last time, and it was right after you guys waxed the Bucks, And, like, you know, Falcons fans were very happy with that outcome, certainly – um, and you guys were flying high and like, honestly, you gave the Falcons like more than they could handle. They Falcons should have lost that game. Um, and then now this Bengals game happens, which the Falcons are very familiar with losing big to the Bengals as well. Um, so it's, it seems like it's literally been just the full range of game outcomes since, uh, we last spoke. And I do wonder if it's changed your opinion on the team or if, you know, the Bengals Bengals, obviously coming off a Super Bowl, like a very good team, but still, I mean, I'm sure that was a difficult watch. Um, so yeah, like just go (laughs) ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, I think we did, we did our, uh, our top of the week uh, episode yesterday or Monday. And, um, Stu has actually been the positive one out of the three of us throughout this whole season. He, we kind of look at it like Stu is the positive guy. He's the one that's glass half full, we're still in it type guy, no matter what just happened. I'm more the other way, emotional. This is horrible. Fire everybody <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. You got to have that balance. You know? And then Skyler is like the voice of reason in the middle with like yeah. stats and analysis and actually speaking to coaches and stuff like that. So, so we get a, we get this, like this pendulum that goes back and forth each week. We, when we were doing that episode yesterday, we still don't know what happened uh, Sunday. Like it just literally was uncharacteristic of the Panthers for the past honestly really the past couple of years really since ron rivera was here because even with matt rule and all of his faults the panthers rarely got blown out like they rarely got blown they were pretty close and pretty competitive most games their problem was they couldn't finish and yesterday was or sunday was the first time in a while um where the panthers just looked like they just did not belong on the football field that day like they just looked 
disinterested, uh, uninterested, uh, just didn't, they weren't tackling properly. Uh, I just saw, I didn't even bother to look at the box score until Monday. And um, PJ Walker had, I think he was three for nine for, or three for 10 for nine yards and two interceptions or something like that. And I was like, I don't think the Panthers could have did this if they tried to right. do this, you know, like, the the Rams game a couple of weeks before was kind of similar where we didn't do a whole lot offensively. We were very vanilla and it was mainly just feed it to McCaffrey. And then he got traded off two days later. This didn't even feel like that because we were still gaining yards in that game. The Bengals just came out and did every single aspect right <laughs> for like yeah. the whole game. Uh, if Joe Burrow is a game manager in your game, then something's going horribly wrong because <laughs> I mean, something yeah. else is going really right. Joe Mixon, just ran it up and down our backs like the whole day. Um, but John Fox, our former coach, you say it all the time. We just picked a bad day to have a bad day. And uh, I don't expect that on Thursday. If that no. happens Thursday, then panic will ensue uh, for, for us. But I don't think that'll happen. Yeah, because, I, I mean, it was crazy to see the, the fall off offensively, particularly for P.J. Walker, who just got done, you know, putting on a masterclass against the Falcons essentially and going up and down the field. And uh, we had this shootout game. Um, and then now we get to <laughs> the Bengals who of course have a very good offense. Like, don't get me wrong, but uh, the defense has been improving and getting healthier, but man, I, I wasn't expecting that. Certainly um, just a total, just a bad game. I mean, is what you sort of have to chalk it up to. It just looked um, unprepared. Like, yeah. something, I don't know. Like I, the, the Panthers are good for one of those a year. Like once a year, they'll have one game that's just unexplainable. They played horrible. Chuck it, throw it in the trash can. Like, I hope they didn't even look at the tape of that game. Like, let's just move on because <laughs> we got the Falcons now in two days. And looking at this is not going to make us feel any better. They know what they did. They, they know they didn't play very well. So uh, Coach Wilkes said it really well in the press conference Monday. Uh, he was asked if he was going to bench P.J. Walker because of his play. And he flat out said, well, if I was benching people for bad play, there'd be a lot of people benched after <laughs> after Sunday. And he was right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's why PJ's going to get the start Thursday. Uh, I do get the feeling that he's getting a, on a shorter leash now with Baker and Sam now uh, healthy. Uh, we're probably going to see one of those two guys again, maybe in your game, um, right, right. depending on how it goes. So, Yeah, I mean, the Falcons are going to make any quarterback look good. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I very unlikely AJ Terrell's back for this one. My guess is that they're going to let him rest and then hope, hope to get him back after the, you know, the mini buy sort of, uh, this, he did not, he wouldn't, they did, you know, they did a walkthrough yesterday or whatever, but it, he was not, uh, estimated to have practiced. Um, the Falcons have lost a couple guards since we last played, uh, 10 yeah. days ago. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson went on IR and then Matt Hennessy came in for him and then uh, also got hurt last week. So we got Colby Gossett at left guard now, who was actually the starter filling in for Wilkinson in week four, did a great job. Uh, so it was a little bit surprising that they made a change there at the backup spot. But um, that's the only real change, I think, for the Falcons in terms of the injuries. Have there been any changes to the injury status of P any Panthers players at this point? Um, it's still fairly early, but uh, Dante Jackson did not play. He was suited up, and he was available. He was active, but he did not play. He was in a baseball cap all day Sunday. He's still nursing a, a sprained ankle, so uh, we'll see about that. Chuba Hubbard did not play. He also has a sprain, a high ankle sprain. Um, he did practice limited the week, though, so I, I think he may be ready for Thursday. My understanding with Jeremy Chin, he came off the IR last week, but 
he was he would have been available for the Bengals, but they decided to hold him an extra week. So it looks like the game plans to get him out there for Thursday. It almost it almost felt like and Stu brought this up in the podcast episode Monday. It almost felt like the Panthers coaching staff they they decided the Falcons game was more important than the Bengals game. So knowing they were going to be on a short week and knowing that they had these two games here, if they had to choose between which ones to to win, they, they were going to go with the Falcons game because mm-hmm. uh, it's a divisional game and you're still in it. Even if you lose the Bengals, <laughs> this this division is so wacky. With it us, is. we're two and seven and we're two games out of first place in the uh, <laughs> in the NFC yeah. South. So it's like part of my my soul wants to let go on the season because it's two we're two and seven and I think we're like in third or fourth. Positioning. Yeah, I think it's like third, second or third or, or something like that. Yeah. But there's another part of me that I'm like, I remember the 2014 season where we entered December three, eight, and one and won the division. Like, yeah, it feels like it's shaping up like that. Who's going to be the hot team at the end after Thanksgiving? Whoever the hottest team in this division is after Thanksgiving will win the division, I feel like, because they're all kind of grouped together. Nobody's separating and we'll be running through division games again at that point of the year. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm starting to think whoever wins this division is going to be under 500. And <laughs> Very well could be. It uh, could be another one of those years where like an 8-9 winner. Yeah. I um, mean, it's crazy to me. But that Stu, again, he's the he's the optimist. He's the one that kind of keeps us looking forward. And even at 2-7, and seven, if they beat the Falcons on Thursday, they're a game out of first. So. Yeah, and they'll have a a very good divisional record they'll be three and one in the division at that point so that could be crucial as well Uh, by the same token very important game for the falcons because they need to keep pace with tampa bay um who did beat the rams but i mean let's face it didn't look good in that game at all so it hasn't looked good all year in my opinion except for week one and and even then i think they only scored 20 points on the cowboys so it was like uh, I feel I've been praying for it for like seven <laughs> years <laughs> to get praying this. for their downfall. Yeah, yeah. Or just not the bucks, just Tom Brady. Like, Tom yeah, Brady yeah. Has been like this, this thorn in my side as a Panther fan for years. And I, I feel like we're finally watching it happen. Him and Aaron Rodgers, we're kind of seeing this decline in their abilities. They can still throw it, but it's like, they're not that MVP level anymore, which made them great. And I'm wondering if both of them are, uh, questioning if they should have came back or not, uh, especially Tom. Especially Tom. For potentially off-field reasons. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you put Rodgers in there now at this point, too, where he could have just walked off to the sunset, but somebody dangles $50 million in front of you to play, you know, 17 games of football. If you go 2-15, and 15, so be it. And that, that might be uh, <laughs> might be the right. Packers are heading down. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lost five straight, the Packers. So it's definitely been a wild season on that account um, that we, we've got those two teams faltering. And there's always a part of me that's like, oh, well, the Bucks will just figure it out. You know, their Super Bowl year, they were mediocre the first half and then just really got hot. But, I mean, I don't know. They just look totally out of sorts. You know, we'll see. I think everyone's still sort of expecting that they'll just limp to the division title. But, you know, we'll, it, it also wouldn't surprise me if any of these teams uh, – ended up making it you know we had the saints blow out the raiders last week and then get absolutely destroyed by the ravens so like i mean it's just every team in this division is just like well let's flip a coin this week and we'll yeah. see you know we'll which, see which, which, which one of us is going to show yeah. up yeah yep. i mean dr jekyll mr hyde pretty much for every single team except for tampa tampa's been on this steady yuck type play yeah. <laughs> throughout their entire season but carolina's had a couple bright spots the saints have had bright spots you guys have had some bright spots um I don't know, like who, if you had to pick today, 
a horse to ride, who would, who would you go with out of these four? I don't know. I mean, maybe you maybe you think that the Falcons, if they go to Ritter and Ritter ends up being what they want him to be, that maybe, you know, because Mariota is just like every every other game with Mariota. It's like, well, you know, how long is this going to last? I think yeah. uh, I can't remember which who came up, who did the numbers on this, but Mariota is six for 30 or six of 30 for, uh, I think, like 200 yards on passes that travel 20 plus yards downfield with a bunch of interceptions as well. So like. Arthur Smith is like every week now dialing up deep shots to open receivers that are just being missed. And we got a, I, we got a couple of those last week, yeah. off of them, you know? So, yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, uh, you do wonder, because it's such an important part of Arthur Smith's offense, you know, the, and the Falcons, unlike last year, they have the run game. They have this, this run game that threatens and forces teams to, to stack the box, especially on early downs. And, they just don't have the other half of the of the of the uh, equation, which is like you need to be able to hit those deep shots off play action when you've pulled the de- the defense into the box, uh, and this is why I think you get this very erratic Falcons offense that some weeks puts up thirty points and other weeks puts up seventeen um, and barely moves the ball because they just they want to throw the ball deep and they continue to try to do it. It just rarely hits. So. Yeah. You wonder if that's what will eventually uh, lead to, to Mariota potentially getting pulled for Desmond Ritter. But I also don't have any huge expectations for a third-round rookie coming in to, like, save the season. So it's like, no, I don't know that there's any great bets in this division. I mean, maybe you bet on the Panthers because you get the best odds, right? Like, <laughs> like maybe you actually make some money on that one. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like uh, Atlanta's run game will help them the most as we get to colder months here. Um, Cause you guys run the ball better than anybody else in the, in the division. Uh, it, we, we got caught on the RPO from you guys last week. We couldn't defend it really. And I'm think I'm hoping that they're by holding chin, having them come back this Thursday, uh, Derek Brown got pulled to the, out of the game last uh, this past Sunday too. They just said due to illness, um, he started the game, but didn't finish. I'm hopeful he'll be back because once yeah, he yeah. was out, there was just a massive hole in our defensive line for uh, for for them for them to run and and run they did. Uh, Mixon had 150 yeah. plus yards himself. It was like 250 touchdowns. rushing yards or something? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, just ridiculously getting gashed like seven, eight, nine yards every time they carried the ball. It felt like, um, which is typically not true for a Panther defense. They're usually pretty good uh, on defense. Uh, this is a defense that was number two overall in yards allowed last year. And has improved in terms of personnel. So that was eye-opening. But, uh, again, I don't expect the same thing to happen. Uh, right. I, I do expect a sloppy game. Uh, I asked Stu about this because uh, I wanted to know from a former player's perspective, Thursday night games in general. Like, how do the players enjoy playing? And he was like, absolutely not. He was like, uh, Thursdays are typically the day when you fi- you start – your body starts feeling like, okay – I might be ready to play tomorrow. You know, like th- that's usually around about Friday, Saturdays when you start feeling like you're ready to go again. On Thursday, your body's still recuperating from Sunday. You just played four days ago, uh, running your body and other bodies for three hours. And I, usually that's why this, the Thursday night games usually aren't really good. Um, yeah. they're, 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 I can't think of a really good Thursday night football game. That's Maybe memorable. like the season opener was okay. Yeah, usually the that... one kickoff one, because usually it's like the rematch of the Super yeah. Bowl or something like that. 
But, that's, um, but they didn't play a game before that. So it's like, right. Yeah. So that, it, that didn't really go with it. I was, cause I was going to say maybe Carolina, yeah. Denver in 2016, right. uh, after the Super Bowl or that whatever. Was good. Yeah. But, and even then, Cam probably felt like he did play the week before after that game was over with. They were trying right. to murder my guy on TV. Um, right. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's like Thursday night. This is not real good. So if you're expecting good football on Thursday, I would not expect that between these two teams. No offense to the Falcons. No. And after what I just saw with the Panthers, I have no reason to believe that they're going to play super better um they can't play worse so <laughs> well you can only go up so that's, yeah, that's mean, a positive even yeah. if they just play average it'll be better yeah. than what i watched sunday sunday was like it was i what was it was it 35 zero at one point it was 35 to zero at the half Jeez. uh 42 to zero start of the third quarter um it felt like a high school football game it, it yeah. felt like a high school i wish we had had a running clock right because <laughs> it would have just made the game go and be done with it but uh because the rest was just all you see 42 21 it makes it look closer than it was it wasn't even that close like it felt like the Bengals won by 80 <laughs> like, it was right just, like I, I imagine they started rotating guys and you know the Bengals doing stuff like that young guys yeah, yeah. and then eventually we did the same thing Baker Mayfield played the second half yeah. all of our offensive stats are from Baker and trash time right the, problem is the trash time is the entire second half <laughs> there's a lot of time for that <laughs> well, yeah. time for <laughs> and how do you feel about them going back to PJ Walker again because I I think it was the right decision um but yeah. I know there was some Panthers fans mad at me, like, oh, he couldn't be worse than PJ Walker. It's like, well, I mean, PJ Walker also had the best game for a Panthers quarterback in like two years last yeah. week against the Falcons. So during the game, I was like, we got to, we got to figure this out next week yeah. regarding PJ. But with it being a short week and PJ playing well enough to not get yanked the past couple of weeks, I won't say that he secured the job enough to keep Baker right. and Sam at arm's length because he hasn't. Um, he's had one 300 yard game uh one win in three attempts um it just it, granted one of those was that rams game and another one was this past sunday so uh and then the third one was the atlanta overtime loss that went down to should have won yeah, yeah like, so, that, I mean, that was not his fault <laughs> so it's kind of hard to gauge pj at this point i don't think he did anything to justify benching him off of one game sunday uh, again, Coach Wilkes mentioned it in the press conference that he'd have to bench everybody if he was right. benching people off of the performance on Sunday, including himself. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I think PJ PJ will place uh, Thursday, but I think his his window is getting smaller in terms of being able to show he can be the starter for the rest of the year. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm kind of interested in seeing Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> this is dark. This is yeah, dark time know, right? right here. <laughs> all the way back around to Sam Darnold. Cause I was thinking about it and I'm like, okay, when Sam was at his worst with us last year, the offense was depleted and he had a horrible offensive line. Uh, and he had Matt rule uh, as his head coach. Well, but the first three games of the year, he played great. He had an offense, you know, Christian McCaffrey was still there. The offensive line was healthy. He hadn't lost his center yet. And he, he was playing pretty good. Uh, this offensive line is one of the best offensive lines he will ever play behind to this point in his career. The offense skill positions are relatively healthy. They've got a, a, a philosophy now of trying to run the football, which will help him. He's 25. Like, I, I don't know if I'm ready to just completely toss him in the trash without knowing for sure this year that he can't do this because he didn't get a chance to play with these guys this year. He's been on IR since preseason. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Sam Darnold in this game Thursday if things start going a certain way. Um, he is active. He'll be active for this game. Um should they play him over Baker I, at this point at two and seven? I just want to see what we have. Now, right, neither, right. neither one of them are signed to us next year anyway. So, right. 
Yeah, you have to think, especially if the if the Panthers were to lose this game, that they would just start like basically making this an extended tryout for potentially one of these guys to possibly be a bridge quarterback or backup maybe um, or, yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, because PJ is going to be. I think PJ is still under contract, but they do have Matt Coral uh, as well. No, so actually, can... I think I think this is PJ's last uh, oh, okay. contract year too. The, the quarterback room clears out for us, except for Matt Corral um, after the season. So clearly, they're going to do some quarterback shopping. And um, I see Panther fans kind of already looking at the position in the draft and yeah, PJ Stroud, well, especially when you're picking in the top three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like I mean, it's easy to do that now. Yeah, but again, it's hard for me to, to to wrap my mind around that because we're two games out of first. Well, yeah, <laughs> Eight games I mean, to play. <laughs> and that that's another interesting topic. And I know everyone, this is an unorthodox game preview, but as we talked about it before the show, it's like we just broke down these matches. So go back like four episodes and you can you can listen to the matchups. Like nothing has changed. Yeah. Um, so like this is just more of an in-depth, you know, NFC South Futures conversation. But like at this point, I mean, obviously you want to win games. Like I, I, I would not assume anyone is advocating for tanking. But like long term, I mean, do you think it would be better for the franchise if they ended up with an opportunity to draft one of the top two possibly three quarterbacks if you're a Will Levis fan, or do you really want them to to win a, to try to win some games with the very likely possibility that you just end up getting out of position to draft a quarterback? I want them to win some games. I'm tired yeah. of this. <laughs> We've been yeah, I mean, nobody enjoys losing. Certainly. Yeah, like we, yeah. I've literally had to write or do podcasts or report on this team for four years, and they have not had a winning season. Like, I'm just over it. Like, I'm yeah. so tired of going into Monday – with this feeling of just like, oh, we got, we got to do this again because the Panthers didn't hold up their end of the bargain or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't subscribe to the idea of one high draft pick changes your team in the NFL. That can happen in the NBA when there's 12 guys and yeah. a rotation of eight guys. You get one guy like Victor Wimbayama or whatever. There's teams, uh, they're saying my Hornets are, are kind of sneak tip trying to tank for him, <laughs> yeah. which would be great. I don't know how they're going to be able to yeah. pull it off for a full 82-game season. Right. They're trying. They're three and eight, so they're 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 trying. <laughs> but but like you get a guy like that, that's like a generational talent. Seven three plays like Kevin Durant, basically has handles. Yeah, yeah. like that. Okay, that can change a franchise. Yeah, I don't. And know. That's like acceptable in the NBA. Like people, that's something that teams yeah. actually do. So and, and plus, the, and the NBA recognizes that, so they do the draft lottery, so that mm-hmm. you can't just tank and just get the guy. You'll get better chances, but you you can't do it that way. In the NFL, it's really really hard to tank on purpose mm-hmm. Miami tried to do it a couple years ago remember so they could get uh was it Tua I think it was Tua and they ended up getting yeah. them anyway <laughs> and, yeah. like and then they tried to pay the coach to do it again and you know yeah and, and, it was just, <laughs> and now look at them now people are talking about them like a dark horse Super Bowl team yeah. but uh it's like you need you need uh there's so many quarterbacks in this this draft that are gonna be good too I like the kid from Florida uh Anthony Richardson yeah. I think yeah, very been, high upside guy. Yeah. Hendon Hooker has Hendon really Hooker. come on. He's from you know? up here. I've, I've done. Yeah. I did his high school games uh, back mm-hmm. in 2015 when um, his high school Dudley won the state championship. Uh, the the thing with the knock with him is that he's 25, which I don't really consider a knock. Uh, I don't really care. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, I don't care about that. You know, it, it, is he a good quarterback? All right, let's ride. You know, the <laughs> like that's the most important Chris thing. Chris Winky. We drafted Chris Winky. He was 28. Yeah. <laughs> we drafted him. Yep. Um, I, I just feel like you don't have to have a top three pick to get the quarterback that fits your system. And for us, we're sitting talking about get this quarterback or get that quarterback. We don't even know who the coach is going to be. Right. How can we figure out what quarterback we want if we don't even know who the coach is yet? So, like, all this stuff, talking about let's tank, get a draft pick, and all this other stuff, players don't tank. Coaches don't tank. 
front offices try to tank, but even they can't do it full blown. There, there's no control over it. Right. Uh, these players are not out here practicing every week and going through all this to their bodies to lose football games to appease the fans to get one guy to come yeah, in here no. to save everything. Their their jobs are on the line. They're putting yes, exactly. You no, know? yeah. so this notion of trying to tank in the NFL to me is just I laugh every time I hear it. But yeah, uh, they will need a quarterback. Um, I don't know what vets are going to be available. I really don't want to go that route because we've done no. that the last three years. I'd rather maybe like a spot, one. like a stopgap guy or something. But I mean, you might have that on the roster already. If you yep. bring back like a yep. Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield, that might be what they are. Uh, while you groom, uh, you know, you do have Matt Corral that you traded up for, uh, and Scott Fitter, the GM, he's the one that picked him. So I mean, there is still connection with him there. Mm-hmm. If you get another guy, create some competition there. Who knows? But. I think they are at a point where they're going to have to draft their quarterback. And I don't think you necessarily have to be a top three pick to get the guy. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, yeah. It's just, it's been so brutal uh, watching the Panthers like pass on quarterback, like again and again. And it's not like you, I don't think the Panthers got bad players with any of those moves, but I just think it's, it's really, you know, you do wonder like what this team would be if they had taken like a Justin Fields or something like that. Um you know, and Falcons fans ask the same question, um, you, you know, and it's funny now because like, it was like, oh, we should have taken Justin Fields. And then Justin Fields had a bad rookie year and they were like, oh no, we were right to not take mm-hmm. Justin Fields. And now he's having a good second year. And it's like, oh, we should have taken Justin Fields. See, <laughs> and, I, and I, the, the Justin Fields question for me, I'm like, well, say we did draft Justin Fields, Matt Rule still would have been the head coach. Yeah. So yeah. how, how would we have really truly gotten much better? Cause all the same issues still would have been there. Uh, mm-hmm. And we might've, damage this dude's psyche at this point if right. he had played you know like first couple games that way so he just went through it with the bears they didn't know what to do with him last year yeah. and now they're finally figuring out oh he can do this he can do that um when he came out him and trevor lawrence out of high school they were both one and one a like they were yeah. rated exactly the same pretty much he might be better uh than yeah. lawrence, you know as this goes on but um there's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft coming up to be honest, the one I want the most isn't even going to be eligible, and that's Drake May. At yeah, he looks so good. Yeah, yeah. He, he's going to be a stud at the next level, and we're we're going to be a year too early. <laughs> yeah, that's early that's always get... how it is. You just and that's what that's why I hate the conversation of you know, oh, it's okay, just take a quarterback next year. It's, you have no idea. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Like, I mean, you have like, no look, idea what next the quarterback year's class be. last year, like that yeah. class last year, Kenny Pickett, uh, Malik Willis. Uh, who else went in the first? Ritter. Oh, no. Well, Ritter, uh, it was Ritter just yeah. yeah. It was, it was just uh, it was just Pickett, and then yeah. it was uh, what Ritter Willis, or Willis, Willis went like in the third, I think. Yeah, I think and, it was uh, Ritter, Willis, and uh, somebody Corral. Else. Corral, the, Corral went in the third. We drafted, and then uh, Sam Howell and Bailey Zappi. Yeah, they went. That, the fourth so. or yeah, yeah, so I mean, that was the the quarterback class for last year. Like you, yeah. This year it looks like they're going to be more in the first round. So yeah. you know that that's fine, but don't reach we don't need to reach for one um if we're sitting there and it's quarterback we don't like or will anderson sitting there just grab will anderson like i mean don't overthink it um i just don't know if there's a generational talent in this draft coming up that i would really consider you know trying to ensure a top three pick for um right right there is no cam newton there is no peyton manning there is no john elway or someone that's universally accepted as the number one pick going into the draft I don't believe there is one in this draft. So if there isn't one of those, then stop worrying about, you know, top three picks or where we land in the draft because they still have some game. They got a month of football to play too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, and it's like, you're absolutely right that 
even at two and seven, because of this division, Panthers very much alive. Falcons are going to be probably in it. Even if they were to lose their next three games, they'd be in it by virtue of, you know, this division. So um, you do wonder like if, if Carolina loses this game and goes down to two and eight and then has the two and two divisional record, does that change things for the team? Or do you think they're still like, well, it's, I mean, obviously they're not going to tank. We, we've covered that, but yeah, they're, they're going to play for Wilkes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they just fired two coordinators Monday. Uh, right. so, so clearly they're trying to get whatever corrected. Um, the defense has been trending in the opposite direction the past month, even before right. they will go. Uh, I don't know if they can fix uh, some of the issues. They have a foundation of, of guys they've drafted that I think will be great pros, 10-year pros, Iki Aquanu, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, uh, J.C. Horn. They've got these dudes in spots, which is why the whole league was circling the Panthers, trying to get them to trade these guys out. Uh, so they do have talent on the roster, but they do have a lot of holes. Uh, maybe not a lot of holes. They, they have big holes, like a quarterback. Um tight end, that kind of linebacker. They, it's not the entire team. It's just right. pieces here and there. If they land it, if they hit it right, then they get the ground running next year. Um, but again, I'm not re- I'm not willing to give up on the season. Like I, I keep getting reminded of 2014 because I gave right, up on the right. season three times. <laughs> and, yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> and actually what did it, if I remember correctly, Cam Newton flipped his truck on the interstate. Yeah, uh, I remember Went that. into the yeah. stadium and had to miss a game. It was against Tampa, I think. And Derek Anderson started for him. And we won that game. Cam came back the next week, and we rattled off like four straight mm-hmm. and won the division. And then um, we uh, beat Arizona in the playoff yeah, game. I remember that game. Yeah. And uh, it actually, the Panthers still hold the record for fewest yards allowed in the playoff game from that game. And it's actually funny. Uh, I was watching Get Up this morning, <laughs> and, uh, and Marcus Spears actually mentioned the Panthers. And he was joking. He mentioned the Panthers. He's like, you know, like the year the Panthers went six and ten and won the division and didn't win a playoff game. He was making a point about even if whoever comes up to NFC South, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. So I tech I tweeted him and was like, Hey, uh, I just heard you say blah blah blah. That wasn't right. We were seven, eight, and one. We actually won our playoff game and we hold the record for fewest yards allowed or whatever. And I didn't expect him to hit me back because he's live on TV and he actually right. tweeted back. Oh wow, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> he tweeted back and was like, Sorry, big dog. I just I was making a point, it was a joke, blah, 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 blah. And I just told him that, uh, you know, sorry, we're we're very sensitive in Carolina right now when it comes to football. We're not we're not footballing very well. Yeah. <laughs> Down there. yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. I just thought it was cool that he hit me while in between commercial breaks. Yeah, that's nice. That's going nice. whatever, I wasn't expecting to do it at all. But um, somebody's gonna come out of this division with a below five hundred record. <laughs> it's really, entirely and, possible. And unless somebody gets hot, unless somebody gets hot, they're like, gonna win a playoff game. I feel yeah. like, like if somebody gets hot, it'll be one team. And it'll yeah. be like right after Thanksgiving, like mm-hmm. the, the week after Thanksgiving, there'll be five games left. They'll probably all be division games. And to be honest, I would put my money on either Carolina or Atlanta. One of those two, because Atlanta can run the ball and Carolina's trying. Carolina was averaging 170 yards on the ground the past two weeks before yeah, last yeah. week. So mm-hmm. they'll try to get back to that. Chuba Hubbard should be back. Right. Uh, whoever runs the ball the best between Carolina and Atlanta, I think that'll be what happens. And I know you're – your your fans are probably looking at me like I'm nuts because Carolina's two and seven at the back of the division right now. But again, they have eight games and they've played the division well up to this yes. point. Uh, the only loss was to Atlanta on the 
a game where they should have won. Um, yeah, so, should have won twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. mean, it's just it's. I feel like someone's going to win this division from behind, and it's going to be after Thanksgiving when stuff's going to get interesting. So this is actually a really important game. Oh yeah, it is. It's vital uh, because you think you know with with the Falcons' next few games, um, they've got Carolina on Thursday night. So if the Falcons were to win this game, get back to five hundred, then they've got this stretch of games here where they've got the bears and they've got the commanders and they've got the Steelers. And it's like, you could see the Falcons potentially, you know, getting hot off of that group of teams. Um, but yeah, I've, I've told, I've told my listeners that like, look, if you want, if you think the Falcons are going to make the playoffs, they need to go into the bye with the winning record, like, because they have to play Baltimore and Arizona and the bucks and the saints. And it's like, well, maybe the bucks and the saints, those games don't look so bad at this point, but you're, you're going to have a tough time beating Baltimore, especially in December. And you're going to have a tough time beating Arizona, who, well, I don't know. We'll see. Arizona tends to play really bad in the second half of the season. So they might just fall off a cliff. But yeah. at any rate, like, I think it's like you're probably going two and two in that last four um, if things go your way. I think it, I think needing to go more than two and two uh, in that last stretch is not going to work out. So the Falcons want to make the playoffs. They, they need to win, like, the next they need to go three and one basically over this next four game stretch um in my opinion and i don't think they can afford another division loss because they're they're already one and two and it's like if you beat the panthers here you're two and two everything's fine but if you lose the panthers here you're one and three then it's like well now you really can't afford to lose another division game at all so um we'll see how it goes i do think it's going to be another interesting game i don't think it'll be as like explosive as the last one like you said i think uh thursday night probably gonna be pretty sloppy probably lower scoring affair um probably ugly yeah (laughs) probably very ugly um (laughs) but uh yeah we'll just hope for another uh mostly you know we'll have to hope for as few injuries as possible and then uh just a a good you know as good as you could expect hopefully for a thursday night game between these two teams and uh you know we uh yeah, I, uh, I I'm excited to to watch it. Uh, this will be you know it'll at least be an interesting Thursday night game for us you know as fans of the two teams. I don't know about the rest of the NFL being too interested, but uh, excited to watch it at least. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're, at least we're still in it. You know, both yeah. teams. At least we have something to root for. Because any other year, we'd be looking at this and like the Saints or the Bucks would have like a eight and two record or something at this point, and we'd just be out of it. But the fact that the whole division's bunched up reason to continue to watch the game so i gotta be thankful for that at least uh now winning in some football games let's let's try that (laughs) yeah that feels so yeah let's let's try yeah i i agree i think the falcons should employ that strategy as well yeah (laughs) yeah why not yeah (laughs) just not this week (laughs) wait till next week yeah it's it's so simple yeah I don't know why they didn't try doing this before, but uh, yeah, guys, he is Desmond Johnson at Des underscore three five zero three oh five on the Twitter's uh, the host of the Believe in Panthers uh, podcast, along with some other folks, as well as the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Uh, anything else you'd like to plug, Desmond, before we get out of here? Uh, no, not really. Just uh, keep pounding uh, for the fans out there. And again, in the wise words of Jonathan Stewart. We're still in this, so <laughs> just, just bear with them for a bit. They're they're going to show who they are over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I'm hopeful that uh, we can get you and uh, and and Jonathan on here in the off season. You know, we'll probably do some sort of retrospective and then looking ahead to the uh, 
the draft and the, and the offseason, that sort of thing. I know uh, Jonathan couldn't make it today, but I know Falcons fans would love to hear from him, and the optimism is always nice to, to inject into two very dark uh, franchises. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm Kevin. I have Falcoholic Kevin. Uh, you can follow me there on the Twitters. Uh, for those of you listening to the podcast, leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. You can also check out our Patreon for some exclusive perks. It's patreon.com slash live for early access uh, ad-free versions of all these episodes. Um, and yeah, we'll be back. It's a short week, but we'll be, we will be back uh, Wednesday night for the next live show at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. And then, of course, post-game show following the Thursday night uh, slop fest more than likely, but Hey, it's our, it's, it's our team. So we're going to be there one way or the other. Uh, we're contractually obligated. I guess you guys don't have to, but come on. We, we all know we're going to be there. So, uh, again, thanks to Desmond and we will see you guys next time on the Falcoholic podcast. Have a great day, folks.